0: It's that time of the week. Again, it's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 691 for June 29th, 2021. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This week, our guest is Melissa Davis. Now, you've not heard her dulcet tones on the podcast for quite some time. So I'm delighted to have her back. Welcome back to the show, Melissa.
1: Hey, thanks for having me. It's been way too long and we just won't say how long. (laughs)
0: Right, because then we would know how old we were. So we aren't going to talk about that. But I asked Melissa to come on the show because she's provided me with valuable information on two occasions recently where I needed to advise somebody on how to help set up an iPhone for a first-time user with limited skills. And um, I thought I should stop keeping this information for myself and let Melissa come on to tell us all about it because I think it can uh, really be helpful. now. We were, I was struggling with a way to describe the type of user we are going to be talking about. And Melissa, why don't you give the, uh, the listeners your title for what we're going to talk about here?
1: <laughs> sure. So I would like to call this setting up iPhone for vintage users in a dignified way. And I I must give credit where credit is due because Doc Rock used the word vintage users uh, Uh. when we were talking about a long, long time ago. And I just thought it kind of fit. So I've been borrowing it from him ever since.
0: Yeah, it's perfect because vintage is is a respectful term, Mm -hmm. that's for sure. So – one thing I want to let the listeners know, you don't need to take notes while you're listening to Melissa because she has written a spectacular blog post with outlines and details of everything we're going to talk about. So you can sit back, absorb, and then when you want to go back and reference and, and when you need to do this for somebody, you're going to have her notes to do it. Uh, but before we dig in, just give us the audience an idea of how is it you know all of these amazing tips on to help vin- how to help vintage users.
1: Just a lot of life experience. Um, I do have to confess, I did a little bit of homework in addition to this. I did listen to the last time that I was on Chit Chat Across the Pond, when it was actually literally across the pond, whereas we're actually just uh, across the desert. And it was with <laughs> our buddy Alistair Jenks. Oh, and we had wow. this really deep, uh, I'm not going to say which episode it was, because again, it'll, it'll date us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll just have to take my word for it. But we had this really, really deep conversation. The TLDR is that we basically talked about growth mindset. And if anybody's familiar with that, you know, growth mindset versus um, fixed mindset, you know, thinking about how you grow in your thinking, you know, there are people who just think, oh, it's too hard, I can't do it. And there are other people who... Um, like, like, I'm applying this in this case, I, I listened to that episode. And it was a little cringe, because it was a long time ago. And it was like, I was kind of, you know, wet behind the ears on on recording and noises and things like that. But what was interesting was it was like a time capsule in a way, because I was listening to us have this conversation, it was it was a little bit about what we're going to talk about. And I was I was trying to think to myself, what has changed? What has stayed the same? There's a lot that has stayed fairly constant. So when you ask me, you know, what is the background? Like, Where where do I get this from? I mean, that was, you know, the better part of a decade ago. And I've just been doing this for a really long time. But I'm always learning something new. Do
0: you work as a consultant helping older Mm -hmm. people? Or is this experience been from relatives or both?
1: All of the above, really. Yeah. I mean, I do work okay. as a consultant. Um, the pandemic, of course, has shaken things up a little bit, um, which has actually made this challenging and a learning experience, a growth experience at the same time, because I've had to rely more on communication skills. Um, a lot of what we're talking about is how to set something up, but also how to talk to people about it. And you know, you're not there. You're not holding the device. You're not literally holding their hand when you're doing remote work. And so you have to rely on a lot of verbal instructions and you have to, you know, get get a, a lingo and a vocabulary down. That could be a real challenge. Um, okay. So, yeah, just just okay. doing it for a long time. I used to, pri- you know, prior to the pandemic, I used to go out on house calls. I would basically, you know, kind of go to the doctor, a little doctor bag or something. And <laughs> I, it's kind of like a physical therapist or like a massage therapist that comes to your house, except I kind of work your brain over, you know, like, by the time I leave. People need a nap. Um, not to say that I'm <laughs> overwhelming, but uh, they usually need a, le- a nap. I can usually kind of tell when they're, they're getting a little glazed and, you know, it's time to go. But yeah, some people have more okay. stamina than others. But yeah, so I would go on house calls and basically just hold people's hands. I've worked with all different age groups. My, my prior background was in working in education. Um, I used to be a site technician for an elementary school, so I always, I always use this. People have heard me say it before. I, my favorite type of people are seven, seven-year-olds and seventy-seven-year-olds. There, there's a lot of a parallel. <laughs> Everybody in
0: between is kind of annoying.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they know what they know. <laughs>
0: Okay. So uh, that's a good background. Now, the, so the basic problem to be solved, as you articulated it in the uh, show notes here, is simplifying a complicated device to meet the basic needs of the user, mm-hmm. right, where you're mm-hmm. taking a, in, into account that they have a limited touch interface skills, but mm-hmm. also to preserve their autonomy in the process. And that's a, mm-hmm. that's a completely different thing from doing everything for somebody to, to help them to helping them preserve autonomy.
1: I like to help people help themselves. I I like to i I really enjoy working with women. I mean, I work with all kinds of people, but I really like to work with women who are like maybe in a small business and maybe teach them how to set up their website, do a little bit of you know web dev very, very limited. I mean my background is in graphics and design and advertising, so i I dabble in that still. But I really enjoy empowering somebody, giving them the tools that, that they need. I don't want to just do it for them. I mean that is part of my job. I put out a lot of fires. But I'm happiest when I'm actually able to teach somebody, and when I can see that light bulb go off. That's that's so when it really you keeps bring up me an interesting
0: back. interesting point here, um, and I absolutely don't mean to slam the men in the audience in any way, shape, or form. But I have seen a lot of cases of where where women feel stupid when a man is helping <laughs> them uh, with with technology, in particular, yep. and and women aren't stupid. And being a grandmother doesn't make you stupid. There's nothing about it. Being a mother doesn't make you stupid. <laughs> but women, I think, are more comfortable learning from women in a lot of cases. And it's, it's why I like to recommend my friend Pat Dengler to women oh, yeah. in, in my family, but in my I mean, my social circle, I should say, because mm-hmm. I know she's not going to make you feel stupid. And, and I've actually I think that's been a touch told you probably that. have.
1: Yeah, I I have actually been told that because um, it's either one of two things happens. It's a man who doesn't want to ask for help. They don't feel dignified in asking for help, and so their wives will hire me to to come over. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So that happens. Um, But I've been told by I I I think I think I do have probably more more female clients um, overall. And you know most of the people that I worked with in, in the education setting were, were uh, women teachers, but um, they do tell me that when when I come out, they say you know oh you know I really wanted a woman to come out. They don't feel comfortable having a man come into their home,
0: that and too, yeah. Yeah. you know and
1: there's a you know there's a network of consultants out here, and, and again not to not to bash any men or anything, but I. I can definitely tell that they have a different touch, that they have a different style of doing things. And I mean, I just joked about how, you know, when I leave, people are like exhausted and they need, they need a nap. But it's not because they're angry or upset or anything. It's because they learned a lot. It's because mm. they brain felt like, <laughs> yeah, their brain is it, right? <laughs> full. They, some of them say, say, all right, I'm getting punchy. Okay, I, I've OD'd. I've OD'd. <laughs> you know, they use those <laughs> words and it's kind of funny and we joke about it. But they will tell me, you know, so-and-so is here or they'll name somebody or they'll say some company or whatever came out, and they'll tell me that they felt overwhelmed in a bad way, that they came out and, you know, somebody worked with them, charged them all this money, and then they didn't learn anything. Or, you know, sure, maybe their fire was put out or something, but they have no idea what just happened.
0: (laughs) And one of the things that you emphasize is listening to them, taking the time Mm -hmm. to listen to their needs. 'Cause Absolutely. I think it's it's real easy, especially for, for nerdlets like us to go in and say, Oh well this is the greatest thing in the world. You should do this, blah. Mm-hmm. And you haven't actually asked why they want to have an and iPhone. You should do it my way. <laughs> yeah. Well that too. But you know, why do you want an iPhone in the first place? What problem were you trying to solve by having this? Did did exactly. someone force this on you? What you uh, what what kinds of things would make you happy with this device?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you definitely have to listen. Um, I've learned that over the years because I started out, you know, again, it's it's a growth thing. I've seen where I've grown because... I remember, you know, early on, of course, my parents and my in-laws were my guinea pigs. And there were times when I really upset people because I moved things around, you know, thinking I was helping. Mm -hmm. You know, people have the best of intentions. They really do. They have the best of intentions. My heart was in the right place. But come to find out that, no, this person did not like what I did. I wasn't helping them. I ended up making more work for them, even though I'm looking at them thinking, well, you're making more work for yourself. But it's got (laughs) to and I always tell them, you know, I, I ask them, does this make sense to you? Or tell me, what you would call this, you know, because I'll go in and I'll try to organize something or take notes, but I want to use the terminology that they use. Like, for example, you know, just the thing that I thought of was I'm really big on password management. That's one of the things I love to teach the most is security, password hygiene, password management, that sort of thing. Even if it's just taking stuff that they wrote on a napkin or a piece of paper and putting it into a spreadsheet, even if we're just not quite there yet, just getting it into something and getting them thinking about that. And so I might put, you know, that this is your this is your MacBook Pro password, right? But they don't think, no, it's a laptop. It's the computer. You know, you have to name it what they're going to call it. I just had somebody call me the other day. They didn't know what their Wi-Fi password was, but they called it their internet password. I'm like, well, an internet password could be in a lot of things. It's really the password to your Wi-Fi. But nope, you have to call it, you have to at least put that somewhere so that when they search for it, they'll find it. So,
0: yeah, you know, it's a lot I about
1: said- meeting them where they are.
0: I think a, a piece I learned a long time ago from my friend Niraj. Um, you're going to be talking a little bit about the layout of the phone and, and how to put mm-hmm. things in the right places so they can find them. Um, when you're looking at describing something to the other person, when you're trying to get them to, to tap on Safari, for example, mm-hmm. it's it's important to understand whether the other person thinks in a in a geometric way or do they mm-hmm. think in color or do they think in words. Absolutely, so my friend Niraj thinks in colors and I think in the Cartesian coordinate system. So we would mm-hmm. be on a phone call, and I'd be saying, click in the upper left. And he goes, where mm-hmm. in the upper left? I don't know where you're talking about Your and other
1: left. <laughs> well, well,
0: right. And he would say to me, click the green button. I said, well, where is it? I don't care what color it is. Where is it? And then we realized mm-hmm. we needed to speak the way the other person could hear. And mm-hmm. and watching for whether the, which way they could you know, connect to that information, you need to speak the way they're going to be able to hear it. Like you say, mm-hmm. what are they going to call it? Are they going to call it their internet password? Okay. You know, maybe that's what we call it for now.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to listen. You have to, you know, ask them what they're comfortable with, what makes sense to them. I use that a lot. Does this make sense to you? And constantly checking in too, because sometimes, you know, they're either overwhelmed or, you know, they're just thinking of something else. The 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 people that I work with, um, they're they're processing a lot of information. And sometimes, and I, and I said this to Alistair years ago, he said, one of the things that I really struggled with in the beginning was I felt so much guilt because they would tell me these stories and they'd you know, show me pictures of their family and they'd spend all this time and I'm thinking you're paying me an hourly rate here. Like, come on, let's go. Let's, let's, let's learn something. Let's fix something. Let's do something here. But then I realized, no, that's how they're processing. Just like mm-hmm. you said, you know, some people process information in color, some people with words, some people with shapes. Some people process it by telling you stories because they're trying to ask for help in that way. They're it's trying to tell you something that they experienced and they need to tell you a story about it. Or or you or you do something that then reminds them of something and they're thinking about what you taught them, they're thinking about what you did, but that's how they process. And you have to allow them that space.
0: They also must might just want company sometimes. Right?
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I struggled with that too. I you know, is another thing where I kind of felt guilty. I'm like, a lot of times I really do feel like I'm being paid to be a companion in a way. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think I'm like on the Firefly, you know, spaceship or something. And I, I need to have this beautiful room with all this tapestry or something. <laughs> but I, I do. I, if, yeah, where are my nerds at? Somebody knows that reference. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's dig let's into some specifics here.
0: Yeah. Um, you started your outline with talking about account management and access. So we're talking about the iPhone. What, what are you talking about with account management and access?
1: Yeah, I was trying to think about, you know, putting it together an outline, I was trying to think about what is the order of operations here. And it really has to start with the account management, because that's where it really all starts. You can't just kind of sit down and just set up the iPhone, you have to sign in, you have to create an Apple ID. And it's usually one of two things, either they have an Apple ID, because they went to the Apple store, or somebody air quotes helped them with it. But then they like, they don't know exactly what it is, maybe they'll spell it wrong. They certainly don't know what the password is most times. So So you have to kind of recover that information, take notes, put these things and document it together for them. So you're either going to set up a brand new account, which is actually better if you can get to it that early on before like bad habits have been made. Um, I can go into more detail about that later. But suffice it to say that you really have to start with an account management, even if they already have an account, you need to You know, get your password manager open or your spreadsheet or your notes or something and just start writing all of the details down. Um, Do you find
0: that mm -hmm. the people that you're helping just put their utter trust in you and tell you this information and are okay with you saving their password to their email account and their, their iCloud account to your 1Password?
1: I wish I could say no, but I have to say yes, they do. <laughs> they really do. Trust me. I mean, and I don't take that lightly. I, I really take that very, sure. very seriously. Um, I'm still grappling with that because it's happening more and more. And a lot of what this is, is really it's digital estate management. It's digital digital estate planning. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really important. More and more of our stuff is going digital. And when you start this process, you're really starting to help someone manage their digital estate and get their affairs in order and right, right. i mean let's face it by the time i'm working with these people i actually have been hired for terminally ill people i have been mm-hmm. hired by a spouse to come and help take care you know take care of in the sense like get their affairs in order basically Um, Kind of, I guess before I knew what a digital executor was, that's kind of what I had been started to do. I kind of felt like I was a bit of a digital undertaker at times because I'm gathering people's photos and things and kind of packaging up so that, you know, like people who know that they're going to pass. Preserved,
0: right? Yeah, preserved and, and
1: make sure that I've, you know, like even back again to account management, you know, there have been times where I've worked with a couple who. You know, we know that this has happened in, in this generation. It's usually the man that all the bills are in his name and he's handled all of the finances. And then when he passes on, somebody has to go and help the the wife, the survivors, figure out, OK, well, what was this account or, you know. Do I really need to provide a death death certificate to get their name put into their Comcast account, for example, or take over their the website domain, that kind of thing? And I've been able to help people kind of avoid that stuff. I mean, not that it's not the legal thing to do, but it's like, well, we have the passwords here. We can just, you know, change this over into the names. I've had people switch their Apple IDs over so that they can you know, still have access to the photos and the music and all that kind of stuff.
0: So we probably so. shouldn't go too much further down the uh, that path because that's a whole another. There's topic. a lot of we,
1: holes in here. You're going to have to keep me out. So just just <laughs> yeah. tell she, me. Yes, just so, Move you along. Are okay,
0: if I keep hurting you, right? Because absolutely, got about 14 pages and notes here, and none absolutely. of what we just yeah, I, talked about was on those notes.
1: Right. I okay. require hurting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so um, you've got them set up with an Apple ID, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm not going to let Melissa talk through a section that she wrote. Uh, but there's going to be cases where people have, say, a Gmail account, and that's their apple i d mm-hmm. and that opens up a whole nother can of worms, and she's got it several really paragraphs on how to walk into that. but I'm gonna not let her talk about that part either, yeah, because we'll
1: be here all day <laughs> so now you've
0: got you've they've got their apple i d you've got the phone it's it's got the all the default apps in it. what do you do you do anything to start cleaning that up from the beginning?
1: Yes, I call it purging. <laughs> we have to okay. purge. We have to purge and simplify. Not quite a nuke and pave, but uh you know, mm. purge and simplify. Cleansing, if you will. <laughs> so like what? Like getting
0: rid of the stocks app, things yes. like that?
1: Yes. Any of the apps is the first thing that I want you to do. Like now you've got the account set up and that's important because, you know, that establishes the iCloud account. If you're, you know, I'm going to recommend that you go there, that you have iCloud services and have all of those things switched on. But then, for example, I mean, you know, a while ago you gave me the example of someone who's living in an assisted living facility. They're probably not going to need the home app. They're probably not Mm going to be automating things there, you know, so that Mm -hmm. can go. Um, so just you know, kind of look through that. Be really judicious about it. Just get rid of anything that you don't need. Because you can always that adds download it later.
0: That's that's confusing. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely, if you look at the picture that I posted, and you know maybe that can end up in the show notes too, but I actually have uh, a spare older iPhone here. It still runs a current operating system, but notice how I just have a plane, and this is how you can start. You can always tweak and customize and you know do that stuff later, but just to get started, you really want to start out with a really simplified version. You know, especially now. Now, it depends on who you're talking to. I mean, we're talking about, you know, somebody who who has limited skills. There are going to be people again, it goes back to autonomy. There are going to be people who know what they like. You know, they probably do want that picture of their dog as their their wallpaper background. Never mind that they can't really see the apps because it's a really colorful picture <laughs> and there's not a lot of contact, but that's what they like. You know, that's what makes – what brings them comfort. It's not what I recommend, but it's what they like. So if you're starting off fresh and somebody who maybe doesn't have an account or somebody just has, you know, just very, very limited basic skills, this is what I would recommend. Just just to start as like something really clean, plain so, black so background, okay, high contrast.
0: Plain black background. You said plain black. Oh, I can't say that. Plain, plain yeah. Black I can't either background. now. <laughs> mm-hmm. So there's high contrast. Only because just the it's the
1: high contrast. Because like okay. you said before, some people process information with words. Well, guess what? When you have a nice black background, you can see the, the words pop out a lot better on the apps. And then I also had mentioned when you're – so after you do your purge, after you get rid of all the stuff that you don't need, you want to try to reduce it down to just a single screen if you can. Now we have, you know, in iOS 15, in iOS fourteen, we have the ability to be able to, you know, simplify it by getting rid of pages. So you won't have all these empty pages. You really can just simplify it down to just one page if if that's what the person needs. And then I also had mentioned if you look at the screenshot there, notice how I have the icons placed. And again, these are just suggestions. You don't have to do it this way. It's just helpful because some a lot of times you're working with people who have low vision. Um, people who might have some cataracts, um, some macular degeneration, things like that, you can zo- you know go into the settings and turn the zoom on so that the apps, so that the app icons are bigger. Yeah, and so, that's, the words so there's are two different
0: kinds of zoom, and I want to make sure people know what yes. she's talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. There's the zoom layout of the home screen, which makes them there's fewer icons and they're bigger. Versus, mm-hmm. we're not talking about the zoom where you can zoom in on stuff. That's kind of an advanced or the gesture.
1: zoom app. Not yet, Not yet, (laughs) right. (laughs) Right.
0: So you're talking about the zoom for the layout of the home screen.
1: And I think it asks that in
0: the initial setup of a phone now.
1: Mm -hmm. Yes, in the very beginning, if if you're getting there early on, and it's a brand new device, then yeah, you probably have the opportunity to turn that on. And now you know, when you're faced with that question, what that means. And they'll give you like an example of what that looks like. So you've got your plain black background. You've got your apps called down to just whatever it is you think that they're going to need. And then I like to arrange the apps in a way so that you don't have all the blue apps together and you don't have all the red apps together. You know, <laughs> all just of the apps are blue, to...
0: Melissa. I don't know how they you do They are. That.
1: <laughs> that is a challenge. That Blue is used a lot. It really is. So that it, that can be a challenge. I, I've seen you know people's home screens where they might do it by colors and they have all the colors together. But I have found just, that, again, this is just an experience thing working with people. They have told me that, well, this looks too similar to that. So can we move mm-hmm. it so it's further away?
0: Don't put so. slack and photos next to each other. I've got no idea which one is which.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, and especially, again, like where, you know, you brought it up earlier, too. When you're trying to verbalize and you're trying to explain with somebody and you've got to get the stuff in your brain to come out the hole in your mouth and it's got to make words and it's got to make sense, you want to be able to describe it accurately. So I, I recommend trying to, if you can, I mean, it's a challenge, but just try to spread things around and then let them move them to where they want them to be. If it's not that big of a deal, it's not that big of a deal. Um, definitely the, the big thing was the dock You know, I've, I've learned this over the years too. Don't keep the apps in the dock I used to think, Whoa, well, we'll keep one password there. We'll keep the settings out there. We'll keep the things in the dock at the bottom that are always going to be there no matter how many pages they swipe through. Well, that was kind of back when a time when we did have a lot of pages to swipe through. We don't really have that problem anymore. At least we don't have to have that problem, right? right. Um, and it, if you notice that when you drag an app down into the dock, it no longer has the application name.
0: Oh, I didn't notice that. So if That's you put why Zoom I in the dock, she's not going to know which one is Zoom. It's exactly. the one.
1: Right? So if you say, click on the camera, if, if you can get them to recognize that one of those is a camera, then yeah, you're going to have to say blue or green and use colors. But then you lose the words. Um, for the longest time, I've been trying to teach people how to use 1Password. And I would always keep 1Password in the doc. And then over time, I, I realized, duh, I'm trying to say open 1Password. and Like, which one's 1Password? And then I'd have to use more words. I'd have to say, well, it's the one with the blue circle with the keyhole in the center. What <laughs> keyhole? What? Like that just doesn't register. You know, it has like the little vertical line in it. And before you know it, you're just using a lot more words. So this goes back to my training when when I was a site technician at an elementary school, because I was working with kindergartners and, you know, they were just learning their colors and stuff. I actually had a friend of mine create an Apple script for me that when the class was over, when it was time for the kids to change classes, whether they were in the library or the computer lab, I had him make me a script, and then I made that script go to a dock icon that was a stop sign. It was a red stop sign. And all I had to say was, kids, it's time. Click the red stop sign, and this script would run. And this was back you know, 15 years ago. But it would run a script and would log them out. And it would restart, not restart the computer, but it would, it would go back to the login screen so that it was ready for the next group of kids to come in. And boy, did that save a lot of time because all I had to say was click the red stop sign. And if they were English language learners and they didn't have good English skills, I could say just click red or ROHA or, you know, use something like that. And then we're back to colors again. So colors, shapes and, you know, just make it really, really simple. But keep the keep the things out of the dock so that they can see what the words are. It's safe to keep keep the the phone there. Well, you can keep the phone in there because you can say green phone, and that's a very recognizable icon. You don't really need it to say phone because it looks like a white telephone. Or you can say you know, kind of a backup. You can say the green icon at the very bottom, and it's the only green icon at the very bottom. So it's easier to rule that out. The other thing is,
0: I think uh, for a vintage user. The thing in their hand is a phone. For the rest of us, it's not right. really a phone. That just happens to be something it can do, right? Yeah, you don't exactly. think of it as a phone anymore. But for a vintage user, that, that seems like, like broken it's, advice.
1: It's a camera that makes phone calls is what I tell it. <laughs> it's a camera that makes phone calls. That's what it does. right. <laughs> and right. checks your email and stuff. It's more of a camera for a lot of people, really. So the um, but combination yeah, for them it's of, the, a
0: of setting the, the colors apart so no two blue icons are next to each other, if you can get that to work. If you can
1: get that to work, right. And
0: it helps you to be able to say the blue button in the second row.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So if there aren't four blue buttons just to be – I mean, if you don't like them very much, I guess you could put all the blue ones together if they annoy you. Yeah, you
1: can <laughs> arrange it however you want. This is just something to start out with, and it just kind of makes it easier to verbalize instructions.
0: Now, you talked about um, – macular degeneration and other low vision problems. Uh, Do you, first thing you go in, do you just amp the text size up as high as it'll go?
1: Not as high as it'll go, (laughs) but yes, I do enlarge it because I have seen people who, again, their heart is in the right place and they'll just jack up the the text volume. It's like a volume slider. (laughs) And then what ends up happening is like, sure, they can see it, but then you can't read it because then the text becomes truncated. So it's kind of a bit of a vision exam, and I will show it to them and say, you know, what is your comfort level? And I will drag the slider and show them what it can do. And they'll, they'll usually say, like, I'll go really big, and they'll say, no, I'm a little bit smaller, a little bit smaller. So yeah, I you just want the text to fit there. Uh,
0: in, uh, like in text messages, you'll see – I'll see that I've got a text message from – <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all it's got because it, it doesn't yeah. have any other room. Yeah. But you Bigger come- is
1: not better in this case, I don't think.
0: But you combat that with something else. You said you use the bold
1: text? Mm-hmm. Yep, there's a, there's a setting that you can turn on that's bold. So that just makes it a little bit easier to see. And, you know, it's all about asking them what they're comfortable with. Show them what it looks like in dark mode. Show them what it looks like in light mode. Oh, that's um, a good idea. De- depending on, I, I have just found that the people who are older, they like it really, really bright. Like that might hurt our eyes, but they like it really bright or they like it, um, dark with a with a white background because it's higher contrast. it okay. just it, it's really just depends and it's a, it's kind of like when you go to the the eye doctor and they put the they put the tool on you and they say okay one or two, two <laughs> or three it's kind of like that that's what that's what like it's a better. lot like.
0: I'll tell you why mm-hmm. I think a, a white background if it doesn't hurt your eyes, you know, if you don't find it uncomfortable to have it bright, the brighter the light coming from the phone, the, the more your pupils will contract. And when mm-hmm. your pupils contract, you get a longer depth of field. So if mm-hmm. your pupils are, are big and wide, you're going to get a real shallow depth of field and it's harder to focus. So that's yeah. why I always, I mean, people don't believe me, but I've got the Pro Display XDR. I keep it at maximum brightness at all times.
1: Oh, I believe you because I've I've seen it all.
0: Tiny (laughs) pinpoints, you know. Uh (laughs) (laughs) But so that I like what you can do in this, just like with the size of the text and bold, is you can let them make the decisions. Right? Mm -hmm. Does this look better or does this look better? Ooh, I like that dark. Yeah, that's
1: better. It's back to the autonomy. You want to make them feel like they're in control because they really should be. There's a lot that they can't do just because they don't know. They don't know that it exists. And if you don't show them what their options are, then how can they really make any choices?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. When you were talking about the background on the phone, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. I was helping Steve's mother upgrade her Mac to, I think it was when we went to Catalina. And uh, her her desktop background was a painting that was done of the cabin her father built. This Aww. is a very precious painting, precious memory. Everything about it was precious. And when we upgraded her and her husband's Macs to uh, Catalina, I immediately Uh-oh. made sure that she got that painting back. Oh yes. But then she they have, went yep. into mm-hmm. her and saw her husband's computer and said, "Ooh, that's really pretty. Can I have that?" Mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> you know, that was listening, right? I, I, mm-hmm. My first instinct was, "No, you need to have this." Oh no, it's what she wants. So yep. then she was all excited when she got Big Sur because she had a new high-resolution picture and it made her happy. So I have she a lady. Wants, right?
1: Who loves whales, and oh my gosh, I mean, if we didn't do anything else that day, she just was so happy and over the moon because I made her a screensaver that just had a bunch of whale pictures <laughs> on it, you know, whale tails and things like that, and so oh, I she just that, loved that. I think that's a really important
0: point, is you, if you can find that thing that delights the person – then you can maybe trick them into the password manager stuff. Uh-huh. You know, if they go away going, well, she right. made me do a, pass- a password manager, but look, I have whales. You know, uh-huh. that's, that <laughs> yeah. delight is what you need. It'll be helpful if you can bring to them, I think.
1: It's all part of building trust. I mean, that's really, really important. Like you asked me before, do they just trust me? I'm like, you yeah, know, they kind of do. Mm-hmm. It's, it's awkward and uncomfortable at times, and I'm grateful for it, and, uh, and I'm humbled by it. But yeah, they do really put the, your, it's like you're, you know, kind of of a, a therapist of some sort, and you know, they're really putting their, their trust in you. You're helping them with some really really intimate things. Um, yeah. It helps if their dog likes you. I've found. <laughs> got to be really, got to be good with dogs. Got to be good with dogs.
0: <laughs> so, what about uh, stuff like notifications?
1: Where do you where do you go with Ugh, that? distractions? Distractions. Okay. So, you know, Apple does this really great thing with all the notifications. They just by default, they just leave them all turned on like blazing. Mm -hmm. It's so that you can discover things, right? I mean, that makes sense. But you kind of have to know better. I mean, they don't have to be notified of every single email that comes through. Um, I do. I'm really passionate about reducing the distractions because I have children with ADHD. And when I work with with clients in this age group, I see a lot of like cognitive decline and just, you know, natural aging. And it can look a lot like ADHD. It can have Mm. like overlapping frustrations where they're really distracted. Or, um, for example, um, I can tell you one person that I work with. Well, actually, many people you know they have hearing aids or like vision problems, but hearing aids, I can tell when they haven't been to the audiologist. I can tell when they they need to change their batteries. In fact, there's one person i always I always tell them, make sure you have fresh batteries." I can mm-hmm. tell they get really kind of agitated because one of their hearing aids is is not balanced it's it's too you know too loud in one ear and not loud enough in another. And just having hearing difficulties just agitates people and they get they get fatigued a lot faster and it makes a real big difference when they've got fresh batteries so, and, so that's, that's a distraction. These are all things that are distractions. I'm a lot more tuned into it now because of my kids and you know stuff that I've learned about myself over the years. But those notifications, they're all just turned on by default. In fact, it is a little bit of a maintenance issue because I have also seen over time where you might turn off notifications and then an app gets updated and sometimes they get turned back on. So it's something you kind of have to check. But one wow, of the I ju- things I just
0: noticed I just one my notifications Cat Translator has its uh its <laughs> notifications on. That's an app that makes annoying cat sounds to irritate your cats. I don't think I need that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's another where you got to every... go through that list and clean oh it up. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Might not be annoying you, but it's annoying somebody. And yeah, and people exactly. hear different frequencies too, so it could be annoying some humans that you know and just yeah, they haven't told you about it yet. <laughs> but right. yeah, definitely, definitely reduce those distractions. It can look a lot like ADHD. I I I'll work with somebody, and all of a sudden, Words with Friends comes down, or you know, their their mail comes down. Now, I don't dare turn off Words with Friends. I I kind of just like let that happen. Okay. but yeah, don't touch people's Words with Friends. Okay, uh, but their <laughs> mail notifications, they they, I'll I'll say to them, I'm like, do you? like having those notifications come through. And they'll tell me like, oh my God, no. Can you turn it off? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, thank you. So again, it's, it's, these are settings. There are just so many toggle switches and so many settings. They just don't know it's an option. So you have to let them know that it's an option. So I just start, you know, again, we're talking about like a fresh user in this kind of instance where you can get to them before bad habits form, before bad things, you know, are allowed to fester. So just turn off the, turn off all the notifications and then selectively You know, keep them on, like, you know, phone, of course, messages, you know, those kinds of things. Weather apps are another big thing that irritates me. People love their weather apps. Well, I like weather apps too. I want to know what's going on, and I know it's a safety issue, especially depending on where people live. Some people live where there's a lot of weather, unlike here, it's just hot. I don't need a weather app to tell me that right now. But uh, they like their weather apps. And what can happen is they'll just go, you know, on the App Store and they'll look at them. Now, we trust Apple. We trust the App Store to, you know, have our best interest at heart and, you know, have good quality apps in there. But sometimes there's apps that, do bad things, I think, like they'll, they'll install an app, and I'll be going through their stuff and, you know, helping them troubleshoot something. And I find out and this just happened to a a family member of mine, where they must have signed up for something. And it just helped itself to the email account section. And it installed an, an account that looks like it's an email account they signed up for. It doesn't really require like a maybe a password. They might have used their Google account to log in so that they could get notifications. And it just kind of set itself up. And then oh. what happened to this one person is, and I don't know if it was, you know, it could have been a church app, a political app, a, a weather app, who knows. But I think that whatever it was, it got hijacked by, by bad guys. And so then their whole screen just blew up with calendar notifications. Oh, because geez. they use the calendar subscription feature, because yeah. they set up an email account and then you know toggled the switch on for oh yeah you want to have this calendar subscription right you want to know whenever there's going to be a flood coming eh, there's better ways to do it is is what I think so I just say beware of the weather apps that they install and news apps are another another thing I in my experience and from working with family and clients news apps can be. Uh, detrimental because what they'll do is they'll install a news app and then it's just nothing but bad news 24 7 mm. and i'll be talking to some they're like oh my gosh did you hear so and so got murdered or you know it's just all this bad negative stuff and it just really kind of sucks the life out of you and and it and it's it's bad for their mental health and then they're just scared of everything so it just it breeds all of this this fear you know i mean It's good to it's good to be informed. Of course, we want them to be informed. We want them to get the news. But let's try to make sure that it's coming from a reliable source and something that's not abusing the notification system to just constantly fill their screen with nothing but bad news to the point where they're not even getting it's so buried that they have all these notifications that they're not even getting their messages from their family members because it, it just gets in the way.
0: So maybe they want to install the this news app and they get all excited about it. But if you keep the notifications off, they're not going to mm-hmm. be suddenly dragged into it. Yeah. Like they I can so. choose to go read it if they want to, but not this constant thing. That's right.
1: Or, you know, maybe be selective about it. Maybe, you know, learn how the app works and see if you can customize it a little bit more so that it's only giving them weather and not every single missing person every three hours, you know, or, you know, we get Amber Alerts and things like that. Those are important. I would never turn those off. Those those are really important. But we might not just need to know about, you know, all of the crime that's happening all of the time. So, you know, that's kind of a subjective thing. I mean, there's people who just, you know, they live for the news and and that's fine. But just, you know, ask them about it. Listen to them because maybe, again, it's something that they didn't know was an option. So you just need to present what their options are. Um, The other thing about notifications, and I talked about this a little bit, maybe a little bit further down, but it kind of has to do with, with messaging, is, you know, messages are a type of notification that comes through, and one of the things I see people struggle the most with and again, this is one of the things where we take it for granted. We know that we know to anticipate. We know to expect that when we're logging into something, we're going to get a verification code. And we know that that verification code is going to come in as in the form of a text message. We also know that we're going to look for it. It's going to kind of slide down and we're going to be able to tap on it and get the number and then fill it in. Or, you know, you can use the fancy feature where autofills if, you know, if you've learned that skill. Well, what I see happen is because they just haven't been educated on it, they they get this really big like FOMO panic all of a sudden because the little message slides down. It's a little banner alert and they know that it's a verification code. And then I, you know, I'll either say, OK, so did you get a verification code? Yeah, but it went away. I lost it. Where did it go? Like They, they somehow they know that the messages app is where they go to text people like they know that they have to poke that get it open, compose a text message. They know that that's where they can go to read the text messages from people that they're texting with. But for some reason, the idea that a message notification comes down and then goes away, it's not present for some reason. It doesn't It it doesn't make the connection that that's also a text message that you can retrieve by going into the yeah. messages app and then getting it. I don't know. I mean, ask around and see how many people say, you know, well, I saw it, but then it went away. I lost it. Or, you know, I'll go to help somebody and they hand me their phone and I go and I look at it and there's like, you know, 28, um, you know, there's a 28 in the red badge for messages. And I ask them, like, are you not getting your text messages? I'm like, yeah, I read them. What they're reading is they're reading the little notification. They're only reading the preview. So they're not getting the full text. And especially if the text is enlarged, they're seeing that someone texted them and they might get a couple of words in it. But then they just accept that that's all that there is, and then they don't know that it's an option to go in and like look at it and read the rest of it, and maybe they'll get around to it. But there's not like this sense of immediacy that oh, there was something more there. So, so it's just one I'm of those things. I'm not going to say
0: that's with. only old people. Uh, I'm sorry, vintage, <laughs> vintage users. I personally find the um, notifications and notification center and how uh-huh. to get in and out of notifications. I'm not entirely sure I can find them twice in a row myself mm-hmm. because there's you know there's swipe from the left from the middle of the screen there's swiping over there's what's on the, there's what's on the home screen there's uh-huh. what's on the, on the lock screen it's it's not I don't think Apple makes it as easy as they could
1: well and they keep changing it too <laughs> by well, the time you that. get used to it then then they'll they'll oh here's a new feature <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. yeah it's it's a workflow it's a workflow it's a it's a muscle memory workflow it took me a while but I finally have this workflow where um, I unlock my phone, and then I immediately swipe down from the top, and I look at my notification center, and there's all my reminders, and there's all my messaging, and I kind of like use that as a checklist. But that's just me. Like, I'm I'm disciplined that way. I, I'm using it with that feature, and that's kind of how I go about my day. Whereas, like, if somebody else looked it in there, they'd just be overwhelmed because they haven't checked it in days, and there's just stuff that's piled up in there. And that's where that's where they think messages are. <laughs> so they get overwhelmed. So, so that, that to, can
0: happen. To be honest, I'm looking at my phone right now, and I don't actually know how to get to notifications on my phone. I'm looking at it. I know that if I've just gotten a notification and my screen is locked, I have them show on my lock screen. Mm-hmm. But I know so how to get to- So now you're unlocked,
1: right? And you're looking at right. it. So look at, uh-huh. look at the, the notch at the top. Mm-hmm. And then just start with your finger in the center, and then just gently glide down with one Let's finger.
0: See? I wouldn't have thought. Of it's that. Kind, I, of a, I it's kind of it's kind of like a shade that you
1: pull down on a window. Uh-huh. Well, see there again. It's finger placement. You have to put uh-huh. your finger up at the top, right below the notch, and and only one finger, not two fingers, because I've seen that happen. One finger, and you just gently want to just glide down. So now, now if you're stacking put it, them
0: too, which is handy, because mm-hmm. then you, they mm-hmm. don't look as bad, but you don't actually know about all of them.
1: Right. Then you have to just gently tap on it, and then that will expand the rest of those notifications down. And yeah. then you can also dismiss them, you know, a whole group at a time. But right, when, I, right. when I'm when i talking about, you know, managing notifications, it's that too, but it's more or less in the settings app under notifications. And there are just so many toggle switches. And And then there's like layers, like the calendars app. There's not just... You can turn them all off, but in, in something like calendars, you're gonna want to have some notifications about doctors' appointments and you know things like that. But there's there's layers, there's there's all of these different um, intricacies to it. So it's really just something you really have to explore and, and figure out what's right for you.
0: I just found out it's my turn to, to play on code word. So you just keep talking and I'm going to go. Because it was in my
1: notifications and I missed it. Perfect example. Perfect example. <laughs> so there's a little behavior modification going on there. <laughs>
0: exactly. Exactly.
1: Yeah, now, So notifications um, are just really distracting. So just try to manage those.
0: Right. Right. What about things like um, Find My and location sharing? Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: I do. And again, it goes back to I I talked about a little bit, you know, Autonomy, you know, asking permission, try you know, get consent for this kind of stuff. I mean, it might be difficult because they're not knowing what they're consenting to. Try to just explain your intent around it that, you know, hey mom or hey dad, I really care about you. You know, I wanna not like I wanna track you or anything, but you know, I kinda wanna know when you're when you're leaving the house or if you get lost or then I'll be able to find you, that kind of thing. It's like find my mom, find my dad. Um, But, yeah, I I definitely I've already kind of trained my parents and my my in-laws on that. (laughs) Like we turn that on. We just all share it with each other. So I recommend it, you know, get into a place where you can have that discussion, have that open dialogue about it. Ask them how they feel about that. Tell them why you feel it's important. And, you know, and definitely enable that. Of course, find my my iPhone. That's one of the very first things you want to make sure is turned on. It is typically turned on by default once you sign in. But, you know, when you're working with somebody who maybe has a device that had already been set up and you're helping them with it, there might have come a time where maybe they had to take it to the Apple store and they had to troubleshoot something or they just they swapped it out and they had to disable it for whatever reason. Or somebody was just exploring. I mean, so many times people explore. They forget that they did that. They forget they turned it off. They didn't know what it meant. They thought if they switched it, it would tell them something. And it didn't. And it ended up staying off. So you want to. Make that part of regular maintenance to check to make sure that that's always enabled because then, you know, if they lose their phone, then you can find their phone. So definitely keep those turned on.
0: With back on uh, Find My with sharing location, um, if they say no, it's just no, right?
1: It's no. Yeah, for a while. I mean, you have to respect respect their wishes. You know, you wouldn't want to be. Stocked, you would want somebody to respect your wishes, but you know, definitely, if it's a matter, that's where it kind of gets into legality stuff, where you have to probably talk to somebody when it comes to, you know, if someone's a danger where they are getting senile and they're starting to wander, you know, then it becomes like kind of a, a, a power of attorney, medical, uh, sure, you know, if you, if you've been given that that privilege, like, you know, the executor, um, what what is the term that I'm thinking of? It's like yes. medical power of attorney, I think it's called. Right, right. So, you know, then you probably have the right to make those kinds of decisions on their behalf because then you're their advocate. So okay. it's kind of a balance of being someone's advocate versus just doing something because you think is the right thing to do. And maybe they just they still want to have their autonomy.
0: Right. Right. I just remember a, an interesting conversation with between my sister-in-law and her son when she bought him a phone. And she said, yeah, if, if I give you this phone, we're going to have find my iPhone turned on. He's like, no, you're not.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure she won. I hope she did. Yeah.
1: It's it's yeah. a conversation you got to have. That's nothing I can really say. Yes, you must do it this way. That's just that's one of those personal preferences. I recommend it. I recommend it. But it's it's going to be up to you to try to to fish that out. Now, uh, when we were watching the WWDC announcements, I got really excited about all the health sharing that they were talking about. But right right there, right then, I was thinking. I don't know. Like, I think that, you know, one of my parents would probably be all for it, whereas the well, other yeah, one would be like, no, I can take was. care of myself.
0: Elaborate on what they uh, said they were going to do.
1: So in the health app, you could then basically be someone's advocate. Um, you can choose whether or not you want to share your medical records with a trusted family member or, you know, um, a friend or, you know, somebody who can advocate for you on your behalf. I they didn't really use those words. I'm using the words advocate because that's what it meant to me. But you will be able to share your medical records. You can also share your medical records with your doctor if you say got your lab somewhere. That's already starting to happen. I've already been able to see some of my labs. But let's say, you know, you're monitoring your, your blood glucose. You can turn on the setting. This is going to be an iOS 15. This is not now, but in the future. You will be able to consent to those sharing features. And so let's say, let's say it was one of my parents and I was, you know, responsible for taking them to their doctor's appointments and getting their blood work done and stuff. They could turn that feature on. And as soon as those labs come through, I would get notified about it. And then we can, you know, discuss it and you can be their advocate. Cause so many times, you know, you go to the doctor with, you know, a, a parent, an aging parent and, they can't keep track of all the stuff that that they're throwing at them. So you have to be there to take notes and explain things and and be an advocate for them sure. take care of that information. That
0: that, that makes sense. It is such a... Such a tough call down in there. You know, I think about a lot of cool tools I've seen at CES where like companies will say, okay, so we're going to sell you this camera system that you're going to put in your parents' house so that you can Mm -hmm. know if they get up and go to the bathroom. I can just picture that being a fun conversation to talk them into it. And yet the flip side is that's the conversation that is why you're able to stay in your home. You know, so Mm -hmm. if you want to stay in your home, you're going to have to do this. If you're not going to, you can't do it. And the only answer I have to any of that is all we can do is make decisions about how we will be when we're old, right? We can and, choose and you have to, to start be early. annoying or not.
1: <laughs> hmm <laughs> Yep. So start now. I mean, you know, for people who have – like like in my age group, you know, we have parents. I'm trying to get on my parents now. I'm trying to get them thinking about this stuff now. I'm watching them taking care of their aging parents and watching them struggle. And it's it's really difficult because, you know, they're in that generation where – it hasn't really been modeled for them before, so they kind of it's like parenting all over again, but just their mm-hmm. own parents because they didn't have grandparents. They they died much younger, or you know, tuberculosis and, and things like that. So they just don't have a lot of a lot of modeling to to note to tell them what to do to inform inform them on that. So they're trying to figure out how how to go how to go along. And yeah, there's like babies, basically like nanny cams and monitoring and things like that. And there's things that. Like I look at my the way my grand, my parents and grandparents are interacting with each other, and I think to myself, "Oh my gosh, if my grandparent was aware of this, you know, ten years ago, I don't think they would have consented to it." But <laughs> you know, they're right, they're right. at a place in their life where, you know, they need an advocate, and it's about it's about their safety. So yeah. you have to take that into account. It's a conversation that has to be had.
0: let's talk about security from the standpoint of um, things like a passcode, and then hopefully we can get into passwords, which is Mm -hmm. going to be. I know we
1: love, we love that stuff. Okay. So I did write a little bit about this. Um, I've been thinking a lot about this because it is, it is a difficult thing. Just, just like, you know, privacy and health and tracking and all that kind of stuff. Security is one of those things where, I almost feel like I have to drag people kicking and screaming. <laughs> you know, they just they, I, I say that they're docs by default. You know that we come from a generation where we had phone books. We had these yellow, big printed phone books that had everybody's first name, middle name, last name, address, phone number. You know all of this stuff. And if you were to say that to the people who are like looking at apps like, say, Clubhouse, they'd, they'd be horrified if they saw a phone book. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like my, we grew up in a time where it was just normal. Be,
0: my paycheck used to be mailed to my home and they printed my social security number on the outside of the uh-huh.
1: envelope. <laughs> yep. Yep. And and you're talking to somebody who who was who did – who is a victim of identity theft a long time mm-hmm. ago. But that's what kind of threw me into this topic because I did experience that. Long time ago, my husband and I did our taxes. We were going to use TurboTax, but then we wanted to save money, so we printed it out. And what did we do? We put it in an envelope, and we put it in the mailbox, and we put the flag up. And it was like, hey, come and get it. Mm. So not only did they get our taxes, they got our utility bills. Like Somebody targeted a three-block radius, and they did this thing that's called check washing, where they actually – they weren't after our taxes, but they were after our paper checks, and they took oh. our checks and everybody else's, and they soaked them in a solution, and they were able to like peel it off and basically print their own checks. And then they go to the store and they buy gift cards and they get cash and yeah. So, and Yikes. luckily we caught it because a good Samaritan was walking by and and said, "Hey, I found these envelopes. They're empty, but what was in these? Like the dummy left them behind. And what did I do? Because I watch a lot of CSI, I went and put in them in uh, an envelope, and they got them fingerprinted. <laughs> so
0: oh, that nice. actually worked."
1: Yeah, nice. but ever so. since then, ever since then, I've been, like, very, very wary of things that are on paper, and I've been very much into, you know, have good password hygiene, um, keep your accounts secure, always check your bank account balances, use the banking app that comes from the bank on your phone as opposed to on your computer. It's a lot more safer there, you know, that kind of stuff. So when it comes to security, um, <laughs> so I like to use a, a quote from Finding Nemo, all drains lead to the ocean. So explain to them when they say to you, well, all I need to know is my banking password. That's all that matters to me. It's all up here. And they tap on their temple. You know, it's all up here. I, I know it. That's all I need to know. Yeah, but your all that stuff is attached to your email accounts and any other accounts that you set up. All that stuff, all drains lead to the ocean, meaning that all that stuff is interconnected and all somebody has to do is hack your email. And they can just form, you know, complete spoof on your identity and use that to get at your banking details they can they can get you with an email that claims that you know oh somebody on Amazon ordered an iPad and you know did you buy this and no I didn't and next thing you know all it takes is a phone call I mean it just it can unravel so quickly when you're not on top of that stuff when you're not actively curating that and and taking care of it then you just you don't know where all of that stuff is and it can so easily unravel. And so when people say to me, well all they need to know about is is their bank account and oh my life is an open book and what do I have and what what do the Russians want with me, <laughs> you know? I hear this right. all the time and I'm like, well, you know, if if your money is important to you, if your bank account is that important to you, you would want to protect it. If you have children that you're trying to leave an inheritance to, you would want to protect that too. So you would want to protect it at all costs. If you're a a child, an adult child who's caring for a parent, it it behooves you to want to take care of and make sure that your parent is secure too. Because like I said, all it takes is a phone call or an email or, you know, they had to change their banking password and then they, they gave up and they made something that was too easy to guess that was, you know, in the in the Pwn database. I mean, it can happen so easily. You got to stay on top of that stuff. So, so it's really so you, important.
0: In, We've kind of gone in a circle here talking about security in more of a general sense, but <laughs> yeah. we've got we've got this vintage user and do you have them put a, a passcode on the phone or a password on the phone? What do you do?
1: I have a passcode. And again, this is one of those things of like balance and it depends on who you're working with. So for example, I, I like to tell the story of there was a client I had who was 99 and their nephew, you know, again, their heart was in the right place, their intent Intent was pure, the the password, the passcode, I should say clarify that the passcode that the person was using was part of their phone number. And the nephew thought, oh my gosh, that's so insecure, that's terrible. You know, let's let's just make it um let's let's make it really you know easy for the person instead. I mean, they weren't thinking about the security implications, they were thinking about thinking making it easier for them. They thought, well the four digits of your of your phone number is you know too easy to guess, but we want you to be able to get into this too. So it doesn't make sense, but they made it six zeros. So you have a choice between Hmm. you know four digits, six digits, and then you know letters and numbers combination. And they just thought it would be easier for this ninety nine year old person (laughs) to type six zeros instead because it's just it's just easy. And that isn't easy. No, <laughs> it's the oh, opposite of easy. What ended up happening was the reason why I got called out is because they got that message on the iPad that said you can't unlock your iPhone or your iPad for like seven years. <laughs> oh no! I mean, it was just I don't. It was a it was a number that I could I couldn't even translate. It was like many many years because th- what happened oh, no. is so imagine you're a person who doesn't have great finger dexterity, low vision, and you're tapping and you're tapping. And, and if you think about it, like next time you're, you're keying in your passcode, really take a look at that keypad and notice what happens when your finger touches the screen. It kind of lights up below your finger, indicating that you've entered a digit. You don't know what the digit is because it puts a dot there, and you don't know how many times you tapped it because it fuddles the dots on purpose. So you can't count the dots. So you can't uh, think to yourself... Right. Oh, wait, I typed, there's, there's four dots here, so I must have typed four zeros. No, not necessarily. You may have only typed two. You may have already mm. typed four. You know, you just don't know unless you're really paying attention. And depending on the device and how snappy it is, some are slower than others, some are really quick. You have to kind of get a sense of how long you need to hesitate in between when each tap is registered as an entry. And so, so
0: are you saying mm-hmm. it, if uh, they had to type 1 2 3 4 5 6 they would have done a would have a higher success rate than 00000000? 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0.
1: Yes, because they could have kept track of it easier. And I and I remember and th- for this person, I mean, this was a person with very very, I mean, I would say no skills. I mean, this was their mm-hmm. first iPad. It was just a novelty. It was something that they they wanted to have somebody, you know, talk them into it, and you know, is an experience. I mean, the person was ninety nine. You want to just like give them everything, you know what I mean? Sure. Like, yes, let's make this. Let them have They're it. not even gonna. They're not even gonna email. You know what I mean? They're they're just they're only gonna be using it for FaceTime. They're not gonna be doing their banking. They're not gonna be doing their books on it. You know, they they just want to mm-hmm. FaceTime. They just have very very basic needs. So you have to weigh that against you know ease of use. Now, why would I even bother with a passcode? Because when you sign into iCloud. I mean, if you are going to use some of those things, pictures, you know, things, Apple really wants that locked down with security. If you're going to be doing text messaging, they now require that you have a passcode. You can't just get away with like not having a passcode unless you want to forego having some of those services. And if messaging Mm -hmm. was something that was important, which in this case it was, we had to enable the passcode. So what we ended up doing was, I mean, this was just the easiest and and had the most amount of success rate was just to make it their phone number so that all they had to do was type the last four digits to their phone number and they could get into their iPad. Whereas before they were typing a zero, 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 and not knowing how many they had typed and just, just kept bungling it. So it just kept locking on them and locking on them. And before you know it, they were just completely locked out.
0: So you think that uh, a terrible password or passcode is better than no passcode is what you're having to, to trade off?
1: Yeah, that's the tradeoff. It's better than no passcode and it's better than something that is going to cause them to fail because then they won't even right. be able to use the device. So right, right, <laughs> where does right, that leave you? I can you? see that. Yeah. Okay.
0: Um, We are running pretty long here, so I'm uh, trying to look at what else we can take care of. Um, Talk uh, briefly about Control Center.
1: I'm glad you asked that because I was like, I'm scrolling through. I'm like, oh, I got to pick something. I I would definitely (laughs) say Control Center because that's another like, oh, that's another gotcha. I've seen that happen too many times where, I mean, take your phone, you know, swipe up, swipe down, get into Control Center. Look at those icons there. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, mine Has a whole bunch of them because I really like control center. So I've got like all of them in there that I can fit in there. This is, again, a place where you want to simplify. Don't overwhelm them with stuff because this is a learned skill. This is going to have to happen over time. The problem with it, though, is you can only modify the icons that are below the volume and the screen mirroring button everything else you can't change like they're there okay so the gotchas are in the upper left quadrant that upper corner where it has airplane mode and cellular and wi-fi and bluetooth people have to know what those icons are supposed to look like in order for communication to happen if you tap the green icon and it's no longer green you're not going to have cellular service same with Wi-Fi, same with Bluetooth. If you if you tap those and turn them off and make them dark, then guess what's going to happen when your when your loved ones try to call you, and then they're going to end up panicking because they can't get through. Um, another, the biggest one is the Do Not Disturb. That little purple moon that shouldn't be purple—it's mm-hmm. purple now because we're podcasting. But I know to turn it to purple because I—that's you know—that's I know what that means. Um, in one of the examples that I gave, the the portrait orientation lock which is a fancy way of saying, you know, screen lock, that when you tap that, it turns red, indicating that it's enabled, because each button that's a color means that it's enabled. And that means that when you go to rotate your screen, it's only going to stay in portrait mode. And I have met people, more than one more than one person, who could not figure out why their screen wouldn't rotate, because they just didn't know it was there. I mean, it's so okay, simple. I, but to be just fair, it everybody
0: who's never accidentally forgotten that, <laughs> raise your mm-hmm. hand, right? I mean, I, that's embarrassing to point out, but uh, it's happened to me.
1: But so, it's so simple. But that's one of those things where you fix it, and they go, "Oh my goodness, you're a godsend you're worth your weight in gold." And then you just, you know, walk away really happy, make, right, totally right, make right. their day by fixing just that one little thing. But, but the, I, the like moon, what, I like what you
0: suggest here, though. Is so you're saying take them in and show them what it should look like. So mm-hmm. show them what. Make a screenshot,
1: looks like. print it out, put it. You know, put a printout of what it should look like. Make a sticker, stick it on their monitor, put it on the chin of their iMac, put it on their, their corkboard, whatever you have to do. This is what it needs to look like. It, it cannot look like – like you can't have airplane mode turned on. You can't you know have the moon turned on and then expect to get phone calls because you're in do not disturb. Because I know a handful of people, they didn't understand what do not disturb is, let alone that they had it enabled, and so they were missing calls. And that's just mm-hmm. a simple thing that you can do by accident. It's just one of those things where you can do it by accident and not even know that you did it. So that's why I say get them when they're fresh before they develop bad habits or before they you know get too far into it where they're just... They would just want to play words with friends, and that's all they want to do. <laughs> Make sure that they know what this is supposed to look like. Um, another I, example I, that it I gave like,
0: was a of- – I like this <laughs> idea, though. I really like the idea of showing them what it should look like when it's normal. And, in fact, that's probably not mm-hmm. the worst advice to give basically everybody. I know it's something that Dave <laughs> Hamilton talks about with uh, with your router that's got all kinds of blinky lights. Go look at it when nothing's going wrong. Right, yeah. Your internet's fine. That's a great idea. What do the blinky Mm -hmm. lights look like right now? So when something's wrong, you can go in and say, oh, the blinky lights don't look like they're supposed to, or no, they do look normal. I wonder what else is going on.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Take a picture of it, take a screenshot of it, whatever you have to do to document that. Now, if it becomes super egregious, like let's say you've got somebody who's got Parkinson's or essential tremors or something, and they just keep getting themselves into trouble then turn it off. It's causing more problems than it solves. Just turn it off. You can go into the settings. You can turn off control center. You go into settings, and then you go into your um, passcode, your touch ID and passcode, or face ID and passcode, and you enter in your passcode. And then you can disable, where is it down here? You have to scroll all the way down. It says allow access when locked and you can you can turn those things off. Again, this is about managing those distractions. So for example, if today view is overwhelming, turn it off. If it's causing more problems than it's solving for you, so turn it off. That's not really
0: turning those off. That's only turning those off when it's locked.
1: When it's when it's locked, right? Right. So So control, in other words, I can't get rid I, of control center a little bit. When it's
0: unlocked then.
1: Unless you disable it like with an apps, like you can't turn it off completely. That's true but i should back up so what when, when people are getting themselves into trouble is they're not understanding what can happen when the lock screen is on when it's engaged like they might just they might not grab it the right way and they'll just pick it up mm-hmm. and they'll stuff it in their pocket or they'll stuff it in their purse or they'll they'll just you know handle it in such a way they don't i've watched people do it i've watched people do it where they pick it up and they don't even realize that the lock screen has been engaged and they, have or, you know, in the case of a home button that they've pressed it or that they've, they've picked it up in such a way that it was already lit up because remember a lot of people will um, leave the default setting on to light the screen up when you raise it raise to wake, I guess it's called. Uh So that's, it's, it's woken up now it's, it's alive. And if you don't handle it right way, if you grab it, you can inadvertently swipe up on that and, and tap on it.
0: Okay. I've just I've just okay. seen
1: people get themselves into trouble when things are allowed to happen on the lock screen. So it's a good so, idea to disable a, a lot of that stuff.
0: Right, right. Now under Settings Control Center, I didn't realize this. I think, and I think you said it, and I wasn't fully following where you were going. But in Settings Control Center, you can turn off access within apps, so they're less <laughs> likely to accidentally end up in Control Center. Mm-hmm. And right. you can turn off reducing the liability. Controls. Right. right. Reducing the liability. Uh, And you can also turn off show home controls where, again, maybe they – I wonder whether there would be anything there if they didn't have HomeKit stuff. That'd be interesting. But might as well turn it off, right?
1: Right. Right. Yeah, just turn off what's, what's not necessary. Anything that you think that they could stumble upon, just don't make it able to be stumbled upon. I actually learned about that trick years ago when one of my husband, my husband, not one of my husbands, <laughs> I have one <laughs> husband, but multiple <laughs> iPhones, when one of his iPhones got stolen uh, by a student, what had happened was he was using the timer app. He, you know, he's a science teacher. He was conducting a lab and he was in a not-so-nice school at the time and he was using the timer app on his phone and... And his phone was out on the lab table and a kid swiped it. And what did they do immediately? They swiped up and they turned the Wi-Fi off so that we couldn't track it. Couldn't find it for months. Did get it Mm. back, but it took a long time because they right away, they disabled the Wi-Fi symbol, the the Wi-Fi signal from the control center. So I said, all right, you know, this is something that because he might leave his phone out because he has to use it for work or something. So I disabled that. So he just had to unlock it first and then get into control center, but oh, couldn't do it from the lock screen. Okay. That was just, you know, oh, once bitten, twice shy, got burnt that way. So, you know, figured that was one way to just not prevent theft, but reduce the liability.
0: Yeah. Hey, well, uh, let's go one last thing. And mm-hmm. uh, this is this is something when I read what you wrote, I was really – Never would have thought the things uh, about the things that you highlighted here, but you wrote up what to do about Touch ID. So if they don't have a Face ID phone and they've got a Touch ID phone, what, what's your advice yeah. there?
1: Well, believe it or not, I am going to say don't enable it. <laughs> I know that sounds really counterproductive, counterintuitive. Why would you want? Why you, wouldn't you want Touch ID? Well, because in my experience, it fails; it just doesn't work. It's. I think that's probably why they moved to touch, to Face ID from Touch ID. Because I have just seen too many people. They either wear a lot of hand cream because their skin is dry. I mean, we're talking about people, you know, vintage people who have got fingerprints who are really worn, and maybe they don't even have fingerprints. I know, I know, plenty of people who just don't have fingerprints. They just don't. They just they've worn off. They've worked a type of job where they just don't have fingerprints anymore, or not very good ones, put it that way. Mm-hmm. Or they take blood pressure medication or blood that thinners that. Kind of That can affect it. That's what I've seen happen. I mean, I've put two and two together, and I think I have read an article about it a long time ago. But I've seen it, like, in the wild where it just doesn't work because they're taking Coumadin or, you know, something like that or, or you know, blood pressure medications. It it alters their pulse and whatever that they put into the fingerprint app at the time isn't what gets read later. It changes over time. I, I mean, I've even tried. I've tried to put multiple scans of the same finger in there and that oh, just it hasn't worked
0: fingers wow
1: Mm-mm. well you know if, if, if they're going to consistently use their thumb or the index i might scan their thumb like three times and it still doesn't mm-hmm. work because they're so th- glopped up on on moisturizer <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> or they're too That's... cold a lot of them are too cold i tell them you know go like go like this with your fingers and try to warm them up and sometimes that happens but it just it fails spectacularly So it, again, it causes more problems than it solves and it just slows them down. And they're just as happy to just enter their passcode. They'll, they'll even enter a six digit passcode if they don't have to use Touch ID. (laughs)
0: because <laughs> they don't have <laughs> to deal bad. with it because at least they know they can do that mm-hmm. Well, that's a case of where only your level of experience would have ever told us that I would never have thought about um, vintage people using a lot of hand lotion that would have never occurred to me or lower <laughs> blood pressure or or like you said the uh, blood thinner is affecting their ability to, to uh, do touch ID That yeah. that's a, a really really interesting insight Melissa
1: I've seen people just really just tap the wrong thing at the wrong time and really, you know, lock themselves out of a note that they wrote. And, you know, just there's there. Oh, I, I wish I could just go to Apple and say, could you please like change this? Could you please do this? Or, you know, like even the moon icon, they took away the ability to see the moon icon up at the because the notch is there. Now you have to swipe down to see it. But it used to you be the moon icon when, for do not disturb. Mm -hmm. It used to be like the little white moon icon was up at the top near the the time or the Wi-Fi symbol near Mm -hmm. the battery. But now all you get is your cellular signal, Wi-Fi, and battery. Now, mine does say, you know, do not disturb is on. So that is an improvement. That's definitely improvement. That's not always there. Sometimes I swipe it away. But I liked having the little moon there that you could see right away. Now you have to swipe down into control center to see it. Then you can see it in the menu bar. But... It and, used to be Haven't, haven't help
0: you If you have to help us, a uh, vintage person changed phones where Control Center, didn't it used to be from below or something? They moved mm-hmm. it around.
1: That's, <laughs> That's coming. That's coming joy. to my world <laughs> because I, like I said, most of my people have home button phones, but a uh, few are starting to get. Faced iod phones, and I. That's why I get excited watching WWc. I'm simultaneously excited and horrified at the same time because (laughs) I just see the onslaught. I'm like, I'm gonna get a call about that, and I'm gonna get an email about that, and I'm gonna get a text about that. And oh my god, what did they do to Safari?
0: Okay. <laughs> well, just look at this as yeah. as uh, job security, right? <laughs> it's like, ooh, revenue. Yeah. Yeah. you don't have greedy enough little hands to uh, to appreciate <laughs> that it's just a revenue stream. Apple's handed you.
1: Yeah, that's true. This is well, true. I know
0: we wanted to talk about uh, pushing password managers and one password, but we're just not going to have enough time. Um, I wanted to make sure you knew, and I've, i I mention this every couple of weeks it seems on my show, but I interviewed Steve's dad when he was eighty on how 1Password hate, helped him. And its I think Aww. it's a good video to watch. I put it in the show notes. Um, it's a good video to have in your back pocket when you're working with a vintage user who thinks this is going to be too hard. Because uh-huh. Uh-huh. this is a great testimonial because he tells you how much easier things are now that you know, his son did all the work of setting it up for him. I mean he definitely I already was have
1: chills. Thing. I already have chills thinking of it because I have a lady that I can think of that is just like that who it did improve her life. In fact I I will take the opportunity to say thank you to Dave Tier because I did get to meet him at the Last Mac World and I told him about my lady and how it, it changed her life and he was just really, really touched. And mm-hmm. then when I told her that I had met him, she broke out into tears. Oh. <laughs> so was it MacWorld or MacStock? Yeah. It was MacWorld. Oh,
0: okay, okay. Because yeah. I met him at MacStock. I had the uh, the joy of doing a presentation on on one password and then finding out he was in the audience. In, yeah. Like, oh, jeez, yeah. how dumb did well, I? Well, I remember
1: Dan was in the audience when you did that one.
0: Oh, maybe it was Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. Dan. Right,
1: yeah, right, right,
0: right, Dan Patterson, mm-hmm. right. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm terrible with names.
1: He's a great guy. Um,
0: but anyway, for anybody in the audience who is trying to convince somebody of the vintage stature that they can't do, they think they can't do one password. This is a, a great testimonial, and I think it, it's it's good to have in your back pocket when you're talking to a vintage person to uh, to try to get them to to uh, you know convert to the one true way of password <laughs> managers,
1: right? <laughs> we need like Almost. an organ here. Insert organ music now with the. <laughs> <laughs> our evangelicalness of one password <laughs>
0: right right hey is there uh any one app you would say you want to close out with that is most likely to give the person joy that will get to delight them with the fact that they have their phone one one thing would it be photos i would
1: or? have it would have to be photos yeah most people love the photos in fact now with the the latest operating system with widgets I will start recommending that they put the little – if they have a lot of photos, which you know, a lot of them do, or that they, they've been sent photos. But I really love that little photo widget that's like a kind of carousel and it shows you a new picture every day. So that's that's a oh, real joy. Okay. It's like a little mini the, digital photo frame, and they love those.
0: Oh. Do you set them up with uh, a
1: um – Uh, shared album with a family member or anything like that i do i do that's one of if once we get past putting out fires that's one of the first projects that i like to do is to set them up with shared albums or all share an album with them and you know send them cute little things but it's it's way better than instagram and facebook it's just you know you don't have to deal with all the social media and it's not one less password you have to deal with so yeah (laughs) definitely photos
0: Oh, this has been fantastic, Melissa, even better than I hoped it would be. And the, the write-up that you've done here is such a great resource. I will definitely have this on the uh, website, and I will refer to it and not have to dig back through my email and find where you gave me some <laughs> of this advice once before.
1: Well, I if took you, that email and I extrapolated on it. So thank you for the uh, inspiration. Oh, there
0: you go. Well, uh, can you? Uh, do you want to let us people know how they can find you online?
1: I make it pretty easy. If you just go to com, it's T-H-E-M-A-C-M-O-M-M-Y, all one word, and you'll find me. Um, I also do a podcast with my friend Elisa Pacelli, and it's called Geekiest Show Ever. And we just kind of goof around and geek out. That's that's basically what we do.
0: And that's at geekiestshowever.com. Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Thank you so much for coming on the show.
1: Well, Thank you for having me. This was a real pleasure. Yeah, so you said we could have outtakes on this episode, right? Well, it does now. So I've been keeping a secret from somebody for a while, and the person I've been keeping the secret from is Kevin. Hi, Kevin. Just wanted to give you a shout out and say hello and hope you're having a great day.
0: I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad-supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you'd like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the Nocella Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other no castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening, and stay subscribed.